This week, I was joined by Amani Simpson. Amani's life story is nothing short of extraordinary, and the man he is today is the living embodiment of why you should never let your past define your future. In this episode, we discussed his upbringing, early influences, the moment that changed his life forever, and how he turned that very same moment into a blessing that has allowed him to be a shining light within his community. Amani is an entrepreneur, a youth ambassador, and a producer of a short film that has garnered over 2.5 million views on YouTube. This is one of the most meaningful conversations I've had in a while. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Perfect. So look, I just thought I'd start off by saying, first and foremost, thank you very much for coming down no and doing problem, this with huh? me. Uh, I watched a lot of content on you and I thought your story was just incredible. So for me, it was just a, a no-brainer to get this done. Appreciate it. But um, I always start off like this, but who is Armani Simpson? Um... Do you know what? I'm just a member of the human family, man. I'm, uh, I believe that I'm one of God's children and I've got a responsibility to, um, to do something. But if you want like a, uh, a human answer, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a social entrepreneur. I'm a youth ambassador. I'm a filmmaker. Um, I'm a husband. And um, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And what's, what's your early life like? So what's your background? Where are you from? Where did you grow up? And sort of what your early influences as you were growing up in life. Okay, so uh, I'm from a two-parent household in North London. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think sometimes we hear statistically that, you know, there's one parent, but my mom and dad, they showed me love from young. They showed mm-hmm. me what it was like to love each other. Um, I had, yeah, quite a good upbringing. Um, school wasn't so good for me, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, just in terms of the different things I experienced when I was younger, but I would say kind of my early home life was the best environment for a young person to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was generally quite sheltered. You didn't feel like you were from a struggling background. No. It was generally quite, quite going quite well. Yeah, I'd say for me, you know, my mum my and dad um, didn't really show me any struggle. I know that they did struggle. We lived in quite a nice area um, and I know they worked hard to get there, but mm-hmm. then it was still kind of maintaining it. It was still quite difficult for them to kind of live a lavish lifestyle. Mm. Um, but we weren't poor. Yeah. Um, my dad worked for Alan Sugar okay. at Amstrad. So um, I always say he should have really been my role model in school if mm. I had more time to speak to him and instead of getting in trouble and stuff like that. Mm. And my mum was an entrepreneur, so she kind of um, has a blinds and curtains company. Okay. And um, she, she's always just been a grinder. So I've kind of got different elements from both of them. Okay, so that, that's interesting to hear because I guess from me looking at your story over the last few years, you wouldn't necessarily think that that was the background you were yeah, coming yeah. from, but it's amazing to hear that. What sort of influences then would you say when you're becoming a teenager, mm. a, a young kid at school, what sort of influences initially impacted you to mould mold your character? Do you know what? I would definitely say um, that like, like I grew up in the grime era. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So like being in school and it was just like Skepta, JME, mm. Wiley, Scorcher, um, Retchfree to the movement, all mm. of these different kind of people that you're watching, like all these clashes, Axe FM, Lord of the Might, Lord of the Might, yeah, yeah. Like so, that was what was in our everyday conversation. Um, at home, uh, my mum and dad, my, my family are, are Christian, so it was mm. a lot of church. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like prayer meetings and stuff regular. Um, I didn't necessarily um oppose it. I think it was just part of my 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 upbringing, but I think um I never really kind of invested myself in a relationship with God it was very much mm. like you know just going to church on a Sunday or yeah. come home and there's bare people in your front room for prayer meeting yeah so yeah that's, those are my influences I'd say it's like we were speaking just before this 
we sort of just get born into the idea of going to church, yeah. but we never really find that ourselves. So and you've got to ask questions. If you don't ask questions, then how can you kind of really wholeheartedly say that you believe something? So, 100%. And at what point would you say you did start asking those questions? Um, <laughs> after I got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you tend to ask some very, you know, um, some very real questions when mm -hmm. you're fighting for your life. Mm -hmm. um, and I just remember kind of having this very real conversation with God that, um, I say real, it was very surreal. To be mm -hmm. honest, it was like a, it felt like an internal conversation, but it also felt like I was aiming my conversation externally as well. So it was very much like, you know, what do you stand for? Like, how could you, how could I die? You, I need to live. You need mm. to give me another chance. I've never been married. I've, you know, haven't achieved certain things. And mm -hmm. it was just literally like, I, I you know, to get another chance, I, I just pleaded for my life and mm -hmm. I got it. And so I think in that moment, it was then, okay, I can see that this, to me is a tangible thing mm. um, and then you know I started to go to a church and just asked the pastor loads of questions before I got baptised because I was just like you know what I want to dedicate myself to what I believe in and and, and my creator but mm. I can't do that without asking some questions so yeah, mm -hmm. that was that was kind of the process I had to go through. Obviously that's a massively life changing huge impactful thing that's happened in your life we sort of skipped a bit from school to when yeah. you got to there <laughs> like we just jumped straight away but it wasn't overnight what was the uh, sort of yeah what how, how did it lead into that because i was sort of obviously i watched the film mm. um it was portrayed but i feel like there's a lot of a lot of things that were skipped over mm -hmm. how did it go from school to ending up in that situation so to be fair you know um the film is is pretty accurate. Okay. Um, there's a lot that has um, that that was correct. So you know the whole getting kicked out of school. I got expelled from two schools. Wow. Um, I left with no GCSEs. Wow. Not because I was stupid, but I just didn't apply myself. Mm. Like you know, I walked out of my business exam. I was like, I walked in high. Mm. Didn't care about business and walked mm. out. And I've met you a couple of times now, and you're 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 an intelligent guy. Oh, so you, <laughs> to think you. you've got no GCSEs, yeah, and and but that they, you see what I mean? It's 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 very much like that's only part of the story, and I, that's why I always encourage young people. It's like you know you you have to do your best in school, mm. but that doesn't mean that you can't turn it around. So I went back later on and got qualifications, but mm -hmm. once I um. Once I kind of had done certain things on the roads and robberies and mm -hmm. county lines, drug selling, all that kind of stuff, I reflected and said, I'm not happy with who I am and the direction that I'm moving in and uh, made some critical choices, you know, mm. to, to, to call my dad and ask for forgiveness to come back home. Mm. Um, then when I came home to actually go back into college and engage in learning, um, and I always say when a student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm. And um, I found a mentor and that mentor, his name was Fusion. And he just literally kind of took me under his wing and showed me the game, showed me like the potential that I had. Um, and then from there, you know, I went to another college in Haringey and um, yeah, just did quite a lot more of like personal development, personal growth, mm -hmm. all the way from the age of about 16 to about 21. Okay. Um, you and know, you were still with Fusion during that time Fusion, as well, I stopped working with him probably when I was about 17, 18. So probably about okay. a year, year and a bit. He was my mentor. Um, mentor on you on what exactly? Just so what was that relationship? It was more like, um, I think the best way to describe it is he was like, he, he, was, he started off as a teacher. Okay. Um, and then he became like the kind of person that would that would uh, help me in business. So mm. he was putting me in positions where I would then lead. And, you Got know, you. He, he helped me to set up my first company. Or like I was part of the company that he set up. Mm -hmm. um, and he kind of put me in a position of like maybe like a lieutenant. Mm. So, you know, I would then bring together other young people and kind of lead and be the one. So from early, he mm. put me in positions where it's like, Amani, I, I want you to run 
this section of it. I'm okay. going to go out and do this and I want you to run that. And then he would recommend me for other different opportunities and stuff like that. Like I worked at Jump Off TV for, oh, for quite a, uh, for, I say quite a while, but for a period of time, mm-hmm. um, other different places, putting on our own events. And then when I stopped working with him for a period of time, and that was just, like, I think when I, when I reflect, it was just kind of immaturity on my behalf. Okay. I didn't necessarily appreciate what he was doing mm. for me. Um, and therefore I made some, some rash decisions. Mm. Um, and uh, we've we've reconciled since then, but okay. at the same time, when you're younger, you know, it's still kind of like, wow, like this is what I've done for you, and I, you know, yeah, yeah, how are you going to do me like that? Basically, throwing it back in my face to a thing. certain extent, but you know, that's that's what you do sometimes when you're younger. And also, I don't I don't take it back because it's allowed me to be where I am and where he is. Mm. Um, otherwise, we could have maybe just been kind of comfortable in that space and not actually gone out and done what we need to do. Yeah, so yeah. there's 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 pros and cons and everything. Um, but yeah, long story short, um, was doing events, promoting um, uh, under the, the 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 brand that I created when I was 18 called Aviard. Aviard. Um, I listened to an interview. Yeah. Aviation and hard, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, my guy. I like that. Okay. I like that joint. Yeah, um, yeah. That joint, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. So um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, it's um, basically um, aviation is a compound of two words. Sorry, Aviard is a compound of two words, mm. aviation and hard. And it's all about, you know, um, elevating your mind to fly hard in the direction of your goals and and, and just do what you need to do. So, mm. um, yeah, we were doing events, under 18 parties. And then one day I forgot my purpose. Um, mm. You know, I forgot that I had a beautiful girlfriend at home that was, you know, riding for me, that my family relationship was starting to improve. And I just got drawn back into an argument with somebody mm. and got stabbed seven times. And so, you know, wow. I say it like it's nothing, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's that one lapse of judgment that could potentially kind of end your whole existence and change the course of your life. And mm. so, you know, now I look back, it's been a blessing to have gone through that mm. and to still be here. Mm. But um, I don't wish it on anybody because many people don't survive physically and mentally after mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. it's a blessing to be the man that I am today. I mean... Just listening to that is incredible to sort of see how not nonchalant you are about it, but just sort of it's part of your life and you've almost used that to empower everything you've done moving yeah. forward. But just that night when it did happen, I, just, I have to ask, like, when as it was happening, what were you, what was going through your mind as it was happening? Because I just have to... That, do you know what? That's a very good question. Yeah, I like, think as, as it's happened, I just, I'm just curious to know. Do you know what? You just, you just kick into survival mm. mode. Like, you just... Like, I made some ridiculously stupid but smart choices that night Mm, mm. it's crazy i can't it's like so for example um when the where i was standing the guy uh, there was like a group of like maybe 10 15 boys Mm. Uh, no in fact more than that it's about 15 20 boys there's loads of them and i made the decision instead of running up the road which would now in hindsight (laughs) have been a dead end i kind of tried to bob and weave through them Mm. to try and get to the high road Mm. I don't know why, but instinct kicked in. And I remember even when he first kind of like hit me with the knife, like my brain just kicked in. It was just like, run, run, mm. run, run, run. And mm. I, I just, yeah, I just started to to kind of move. And it was just like, even in all of that, all of those different situations, it was just, there was, there was something, something guiding my actions because I could have just stayed there mm. and kind of curled up in a ball. But I think maybe, you know, and, and again, in hindsight, you know, maybe getting rushed in school, and getting beaten up yeah, and pushed yeah. around helped me to kind of learn how to defend myself in that situation. I think, you know, I'm not saying that everything is is all aligned, you know, you do make mm. choices, but definitely it made me kind of 
it definitely kicked it, in. It kicked something kicked in yeah. that made me survive because yeah. I could literally have like just frozen mm. as many people do and just become another kind statistic. of another statistic, a yeah. victim of my circumstance. And and to be fair, even talking about the situation, I, it was my fault mm. for getting involved in it. You know, I I should have just said that's got nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But I hope you lot sort out whatever you lot are arguing about. Mm-hmm. Bro, I'll chat to you tomorrow. But instead, I went and got myself in the thick of this thing. Yeah, yeah. One man up. Were, and, were you trying to defend someone else who was? Yeah, what, what was, what yeah, was yeah, and no. So okay. So so the so the real story, obviously, the film is slightly yeah. different. But the real story is, um, I was out promoting for an event that we had coming up, an under eighteen event. Um, someone's bike had been stolen outside the club. I knew the person; he was a family friend. Mm. And instead of getting in the car and minding my own business, he. I basically got sucked into this argument, this situation, because someone outside had said, oh, the boys are still in the area. But he jumped in his car with like five of his boys. Okay. okay. So I was the sixth man. There was no necessarily any need for me to yeah. be there. And where I'd parked my car, I was, park, I was driving my dad's Volvo. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a big back long, that car's ugly. Yeah. In the scheme of pulling up outside a club, it's yeah, not the it's nicest not gonna car. Anybody. <laughs> so I'd parked it three or four roads away from the club. Mm-hmm. And so I'd run over to my club, uh, over to my car in order to get like almost involved into the situation. But that wasn't my mission. My mission was leave your house, hand out the flyers, get back. Got you. I was playing Monopoly with my little sister and my little cousin from America before I left. And I was like, oh... Snap, guys! I need to leave. Like the, um, you know, the uh, the the club's gonna finish in a minute. I'll be back in a minute. Got you. Yeah. So it was. It wasn't like I left my house looking for anything. I had a mission, mm-hmm. and so that's why I say, you know, it was my fault because okay. I, I should have just said, "You man, I hope you get it sorted out." Mm. And maybe the situation would have been different. Maybe one of them would have got stabbed instead. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's one that's of those things. Out. Just how it is. That's how it goes. Wow. So. That that event happened. Um, I watched obviously a few interviews where you said you actually you definitely suffer from sort of PTSD mm. after that. And how long did that period last before you were able to pick yourself back up? Jeez, that's a very good question as well. Um, I would say that's a very good question. I got stabbed in July two thousand and eleven, just before the riots. Mm. Um, I would say the PTSD was probably. Two, three years wow. after. Something like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe about two, three years. It was little things. It was things like having low self-esteem, having flashbacks. Mm. Um, it was obviously a lot more severe just after it happened. Of course, yeah. But then there was little habitual things that I kind of like took on. So things like um, not having my back to a door. Mm. Um, you know, as soon as I go out to eat in a restaurant with my, my, my girlfriend, mm. you know, I would have, I, she knew Amani's got to have his back to the wall mm. so that he can scope everyone that's kind of coming in and out of the restaurant. And so um, it was little things like that. And I think, as I was saying to you again before off air, building my property business and being mm. like the person that was cold calling and, you know, having to kind of build something from scratch, like investing my energy in that helped me to build self-resilience mm. and, and, you know, investing in um, self-help books and, mm-hmm. you know, different circles of people. Um, otherwise, I probably would have been broken, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, because something like that, it changes you. There's no two ways about it. It definitely affects mm. the the wiring in your head and, and it's up to you to then kind of 
like overstand it and kind of fight back from it. And mm. I'm I'm just blessed that I was able to get through that chapter really. Can you talk can you talk about some of the books that you did read? Oh I'm, yeah, I got a lot you. of my listeners love sort of you know, you. things they can take away. But what sort of books would you say had a big impact okay. on your life at that time? Because so, I'm a big reader as well. So. so you guys make sure you got a pen right now. <laughs> um we've got books like Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Powerful book. You've got Is that Napoleon, uh, Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. You've mm-hmm. got Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. You've got um the highly the seven highly effective habits no yeah the seven habits of highly effective people okay that's another one um you've got uh i i read this later but it's a brilliant book the compound effect Mm -hmm. brilliant book and also the slight edge Mm -hmm. um books like the 50th law of power Mm -hmm. by 50 cent or the 48 laws of power Mm -hmm. the original one um the richest man in babylon Mm -hmm. um yeah, You're dropping gems right now. Gems, there's books, there's books, there's loads. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Um, and then just watching motivational clips, things like Definitely. you know people like like Eric Thomas or um, Tony Robbins or mm-hmm. um, uh, for me, I'm a big Will Smith fan. Will Smith, I yeah, those kind of like, videos. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you you're gonna outrun me on a treadmill, like it's yeah, exactly. either I die or I win. That kind exactly. of mentality. Um, Les Brown. Uh, all of these different people that just kind of helped to shift the way that I saw the world mm-hmm. and the way that I saw myself and um, and the secret. How okay. can I forget the secret? The a secret was the first that, book. A lot of people mention that one. I'm still even yet to open the a... secret. So I'll tell you who showed me. So we met obviously at my god sister's yes, Jamelia's Jamelia. um, Treasure Tress launch. Uh, uh, I think a celebration. Sorry. Yeah. And um, she was the one that showed me about that. Okay. So um, her and her her girlfriends when they were younger, they had this DVD of the secret. And okay. I was like, yo, like girls, what are you lot watching? Mm-hmm. And I personally would attribute, I'm sure when you speak to her again, ask her, but I'm sure that had something to do with the way that she kind of started to shift her mindset mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and many of them as well. And so I, I kind of borrowed it from them at one point. And it just, it's crazy that the way that you kind of attract things to yourself, mm. positive and negative. And I learned that that was like the foundational things that I started to to listen to and 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 engage with so Got you. that that was really the season of growth like between 18 and 21 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i think by the time i got stabbed at 21 it was like okay this is a bad situation but you could be like in such a worse place mentally so i think that's how mm. i bounce back quicker there may be someone that is in a in a turbulent environment doesn't mm. necessarily have that kind of self resilience already. Mm-hmm. Like I I already had some steps. Did on you have much journey. family support at that time as well? I did and I didn't. So um because I'm just interested to sort of see what your close network of friends and family I, were like at that time. I did and I didn't. So um I, I say that not to not to disrespect anyone like that was around me at the time, but I think they didn't know how to handle it. Mm. So I had friends that you know, I, I really wanted to be kind of close with and and you know I guess I wanted a bit more affection. But um, it kind of transpired that, you know, I, I did like a celebration and none of them actually asked me how you're doing. Mm. Like they all kind of came and involved in their own conversations and kind of avoided me. Mm. And at the time it really hurt me. Mm-hmm. But I think as I get older, I'm like, actually, what do you say to someone that's just been stabbed seven mm. times? And it did kind of cause a rift in between us. But I think, you know, generally in terms of my friendship groups, I had good friends at the time. There were people that were aspiring for good things, but then just slowly little things kind of pulled us apart. Um, my family, my mum and my dad, like they were, they were, we'd already had a turbulent relationship from my teenagers. So we, there was, you know, steps that we were making to make it easier. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't ever kind of like 
we we basically we couldn't live together at a certain point. As much as I was living in the house, mm. it was always arguments. It was always some kind of drama, some kind of headache because we just built up that habit as mm-hmm. a family of that's the way we deal with things instead of communicating properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So I actually got. Kind I feel of, like a case of a lot of black families yeah, because I I sometimes got that a little bit of yeah. my family where I just can't really open up a communication is always so poor but and and I think part on, of yeah. it as well is that you know um especially uh, in 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 black families especially I don't I can't speak for any other um, heritage but um you know I think that discipline like beating or grounding or whatever comes before let's sit down and talk exactly and exactly exactly I think it's something that we definitely have to change I'm not saying there isn't space for discipline I'm mm-hmm. not saying beating but I think that you know, when it comes to that level of engagement with our parents and, and us as children, there was like many, many different things that were missed because, yeah, they just, they, we didn't communicate well. And then, um, yeah, so I, I kind of got kicked out of my house, um, not because I got stabbed, but because of my attitude and how I, I was doing. So after I, I had to go and basically move out. And then my girlfriend at the time had gone to uni. She went to uni in Northampton mm-hmm. and that was like a work because that was my world. Like I'd, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'd invested so much time in her that it actually like kind of was very, very difficult for me to not have her there. Mm. But then in the process of that, obviously not having a relationship with my mum and dad, I built a relationship with her mum and dad and her sister. Okay. And then slowly started to build a relationship with my little sister who's not in the film, but I've got a okay. little sister and loads of different things. So I'd say that the, the network was... It was what it needed to be for me to grow. I got you. I can't. I can't say I needed anything more. I needed anything less. Everything and you wouldn't was change the past. No, nah, no. Nah. I wouldn't. The only thing I would do is I take away the pain got that you. I caused other people. Okay. And the pain that I was caused. If I could do it with complete kind of immunity of 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 feeling mm. and having no effect, just kind of going through life, dealing with exactly what I dealt with, mm-hmm. knowing that okay, cool. Next step. This is what you need to do. Da 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 da. For me to be the man I am today, mm-hmm. I'll do it in a heartbeat again okay. because I see the impact that what I've experienced will have on the next generation, and I take it on my shoulders. So it is what it is. And I just feel like ever since that moment, you've from what I've seen as an outsider looking in, it's just gone from strength to strength to strength, and you're still incredibly young, mm. and so much has happened. How do you think? Uh, I can't remember. I think you told me. I think you said late 20s, right? Yeah, I'm 30 20, in March. 30 in March, yeah. yeah. So in my eyes, because I'm 28, I still think the more the older I've gotten, the more I've realised actually late 20s is still really young. Yeah, it's like, young, man. That, like you're just starting out and like Yo, you're just finding just your feet. Started, bro, literally like, just started. So literally. I feel like this it's been such an incredible journey, but there's still so much more to give. Yeah, but man. If we can just talk about that period from the property business mm-hmm. to obviously establishing AVR and then getting into the film and just so much has happened. But I guess first and foremost, the property business to yeah. start off with. So um I'll give you like a, a little brief overview. Yeah. Um so the property business was really my um it's what I did after I got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I shut down Aviard at the time because okay. I was quite scared about, you know, loads of different things. Again, all part of that self-esteem. I was wearing an Aviard t-shirt the night I got stabbed. So in oh, my wow. head, I was just like, you know what? Maybe these boys are going to see me again and see me trying to do it. And and I didn't know them. So it, I was mm. just, my brain was doing so much paranoid um, mm. things that, you know, I just didn't want to be anything to anything yeah um so i just invested time in in learning property i kind of started watching homes under the hammer yeah and then as i said you know when the teacher's ready the student sorry when a student is ready the teacher appears yeah and um uh, an estate agent opened up at the top of my mum's road okay and it said letting negotiator wanted um and i walked in and blagged it and i just said look i work here for free i just want to learn the game 
with no degree, with no degree, nothing. No, no I just A want levels. to learn the game. Wow. I yeah. said, look, I can do it. I can sell. I've been doing it. Luckily for me, their operation wasn't as kind of like a Foxton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a bit more of like a family organization, but they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And so I learned the basics and then added flavor to it. Mm-hmm. And then I found another mentor called Adam who was like a big brother. He was like, <laughs> and and I know you won't mind me saying this, but he's he he was like he was the roadest property, the roadest yeah. agent I've ever seen in my life. Like yeah, he yeah, was yeah. just like so raw yeah, yeah, yeah. in what he was doing. And but that's what I needed. I needed a big brother. It's like me being on road. I always prefer I always kind of refer to it similar to like me shotting or something like that. Like he was like my older. Mm-hmm. so he would constant, but he was leading me to positive things so he mm-hmm. was showing me like right, this is now don't deal with agents landlords like that yeah, yeah. And, you know you've got to be on point and you've got to have your insurance he was worried but he was wise he, at the same so time I'm saying, so after, after I met Adam, Adam and he gave me his, his beautiful card yeah <laughs> um, you know it was just like one step at a time just different people stepping into my life and giving me wisdom and you know building relationships with landlords and seeing how to do things how not to do things losing clients and mm-hmm. then saying I'm never going to do that again mm-hmm. being done out of money having tenants like all loads of different things that I kind of he just taught you the ropes yeah taught, not, well, not even necessarily him just the experience itself just being there present and mm-hmm. like investing the energy into learning it um, and then kind of worked up to working with Adam in, 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 his, in his shop he had a high street shop at the time is this um, all in North London North as well, London yeah. this was in Crouch End or oh, Hornsey Hornsey High Street nice area as well um, actually yeah Crouch yeah. End like Muswell Hill, like all those exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it was nice. Like and driving, I felt good wearing suits every day. Mm. Um, and then one day Adam left, and then I took over the shop. So I had oh, the cool. shop and a team of people in there. And then um, one day, this young boy that used to come and say hello to me every morning, he's like, "Yeah, you're right, boss." Like one day he just didn't mm-hmm. say hello, and I saw him. I was just like, but he just kind of turned his head and walked down the road. Mm-hmm. And something in my spirit just said, "Go and run after him and talk to him." And I just dropped my phone. I was like, oh, cool. Be back in a minute. Mm. Ran out of the shop. And I said, yo, what's going on, bro? And he said, oh, I've just been expelled from school. Mm. And he's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm proper disappointed in myself for getting kicked out. And I just felt his heart. And I was just like... You must have been able to see yourself. I, that's what, that's exactly. I felt time. that. I felt it. Do you know what I mean? I felt what he was saying. And I said, do you want a job, bro? Do you want some work experience? And he said... Yeah. And I said, all right, cool. I said, what, is, what shirt size are you and everything? I bought him a suit. Oh, wow. Bought him a laptop and just taught him the game for like maybe six months, three to six months. Yeah. Um, and that... In that's that, crazy, man. Like, but, honestly, that's such a such a nice thing to do to somebody who's just been But expelled. people did it yeah, for me. Yeah, You know, well, maybe not when I was expelled, but at different stages of my life, people stepped in yeah, yeah. and were like the older brother figures to me or the mentors to me. So long story short, um, I did that for X amount of time with him, maybe about three or four months, mm-hmm. uh, maybe about, yeah, maybe about four months or so working with his mom and stuff. And then I just decided that this is what the kind of thing I wanted to do. I just set my heart on it. And I actually remember, funny enough, we're talking about church. I actually remember being in church at the time mm-hmm. and the pastor said, if Jesus was alive right now, he wouldn't just be sitting in church every Sunday getting a sermon. Okay. He'd be active on the road, be in the light, being the example, not trying to preach to people, just living it. Mm, and mm. I was like, rah, mm. I've never, like, I've never, never looked at it like, like that, that before. before. I've never, I was like, okay. And so then that so sparked like practice in my, what you preach, basically. Exactly. And then it sparked in my head. Okay, so then go out and do what you need to do. You've turned your life around. You've come through something traumatic mm. where you needed. Mm. Like go to where you're needed, basically. And so I was um, just about to ask that actually, I guess sort of finding your purpose in a way. Yeah. Because it doesn't come to everyone, it obviously. Doesn't. But your purpose, I feel, is 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 it's definitely a lifelong mission. I always say like your purpose is like have you ever seen Ready Player One? 
The film. Oh, I haven't seen it now. Okay, brilliant film. Anyway, you, you understand gaming, yeah. yeah? So in games, there's this thing called Easter eggs and Easter eggs are like hidden, okay. like secrets or like gifts or whatever somewhere deep inside like a, a game. Hunt or something like, like a that. treasure hunt. Something yeah. that you have to try and find in like a RP, uh, a role-playing game or something like that on a PlayStation or whatever. Anyway, the point I'm making about um, purpose is that I think that in life, I believe that your purpose is like an Easter egg in a game okay. and so before you're born God says something to you in a mm. language that only you can understand and tells you the instructions on how to find it and the rest of your life as you're on earth you have to spend your time trying to find out what was said to you and then once you unlock it the game's okay. you clock the game I've never heard it put like that before exactly. I've never heard it put like that before but that's so interesting when it, you say it so like that. when you look because your purpose everyone's got a purpose mm -hmm. but you, you, you're spending your whole life trying to find out what it is that makes everything else get unlocked for you to do things. You're, things you'll do for free. Things you'll mm -hmm. do without the need to kind of be, um, you know, praised for it. You just do mm. it because you want to. Mm -hmm. So anyway, long and short of it, um, yeah, I kind of found my purpose in mentoring that young man. Mm -hmm. And then again, same thing I said before, you know, when a student is ready, the teacher yeah. appears. And I went to a, um, uh, a social media event to learn more about how to use social media for ins inspiring people and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was run by the Wall of Comedy, which is Javan Wade's company okay. and Amanda Munna Wall Boys and stuff like that. And I knew, but I didn't know because I knew who they were, but mm -hmm. they're younger than me. So I hadn't necessarily embraced what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd gone there and then I met people that, you know, I'd, I'd seen before. And then I started talking to this guy and it turned out to be their head of social media. Okay. And then he was like, bro, come and meet me again another day. And I went into the office maybe about three weeks later to meet him. And um, Javan was there. And as I'm walking up the stairs with him, like just randomly, I walked in. Yeah. And I'm walking up the stairs with Javan and Purcell, his, uh, his yeah. co-star. And he was like, oh, what are you saying, bro? Like, I've seen you in here today. Like, whatever, you know, what, what are you doing? And yeah. I was just like, man, I've come to meet this person. Um, you know, this is what I'm about. This is, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And he said, I've just started a podcast with um, my brother. Mm. And or a, a video series, my brother and oh, I said it? Romel, wasn't yeah, it? Romel, yeah, yeah, yeah Wade's World. It. And I said that's like when they first started it. And I said, oh, bro, I'll post that on our website because we had like a little blog going. Mm. And he was like, yeah. He was like, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, like I, I said it genuinely, so <laughs> yeah. I, but I was taken aback how like kind of touched by it. Yeah. And he was like, do you want to come to my birthday tonight? And I said, okay. So I went to the birthday, and yeah. then. Yeah, literally, like from there, we just built this brotherhood. Like, so, mm. and that was before he went and did the first purge in Got America. Mm -hmm. So while he's out there, like, I'm talking to him, I'm praying with him, I'm hearing the sto the stories of what's going on. Mm. And then when he came back to London, he said to me, like, "Yeah, like, uh, I really want to do a film about someone battling with their faith." Like, I just feel like I just want to have some film like that. Do you know anyone that's got a story? Mm. And if you do, just let me know. And we were having breakfast, and like, kind of subject changed, and then it just felt like all the lights just shone on me mm -mm. and in that moment it was very much just like yeah I've got a story mm. and I told him and he'd know, he knew it before but he hadn't heard it in that way yeah yeah and then he just said yeah I want to make that into a film Awesome. And I thought he was gassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just said, write down what happened and yeah, the rest is history. You know, I, I'm skipping yeah, obviously no, no, a lot of course. but it's, yeah, it was, it's, it's, that's how I got here. You know, yeah. to, it, it wasn't any kind of original agenda for me to start a film of course yeah it wasn't like some yeah i want to be a filmmaker I, I maybe had in my idea of writing a book at one point mm -hmm. but i didn't have any idea that my film would come out and impact millions of people i of had course. no idea and, so and we got to talk about some of the successes because i actually didn't initially watch it when it first came out but mm. looking back i think what a million views within the space of what, four, four days, days yeah, was we, it? yeah we had a million in four days which was mind-blowing mm -hmm. um and 
yeah, a real blessing to see it happen and the feedback and just mm-hmm. see everyone engage with it. And now we're on probably just under 2.5 million. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. It's, it's been incredibly it's, impactful. Wow. It's been a honestly. good year. It, yeah. come, it only came out last year, January. Yeah, yeah. I was looking on yeah. YouTube when I watched it initially um, when it came out. But um, incredible story, by the way. Thank you, bro. I just, uh, I guess, want to touch on what the future holds. And mm-hmm. one question I love asking, it sounds kind of morbid, but... If you were looking at your tombstone mm. at your funeral, your soul's looking at your tombstone, what would you want your tombstone to say? Jeez, that is such, that's such a... Bro, you asked some good <laughs> questions today. I like these questions. Um, whew. I know it's a big one. But... No, it's, but, it's, I know, but the thing is, I know the answer. Mm. I, just, I just have to word it right. Um, and the reason I know the answer is because I've nearly been there. Mm. So in that moment... I was just like, I haven't, I'm not ready because I haven't achieved that yet. So it's, yeah, yeah. you know, something along the lines of, um, you know, something like here lies Amani Simpson, um, father, husband, friend, son, um, brother, uh, loved a lot of people, served a lot of people, mm. developed a lot of people, empowered a lot of people, something like that, just mm-hmm. something to do with... It's all like, about service. Service, just mm. like helping other people get to where they need to go. Okay. Um, I think at that point, you know, once I kind of... Yeah, once I, once my time's up, I'll know. Mm. You know, I, I, I'll be ready to go, not at any time, because there's still things I want to achieve, but there comes a time in life where you just got to be ready to go. Mm, mm, mm. Because you never... You, like, and that's how I live every day. I just, you know, as much as I'm married now, I didn't, I didn't mention that in before, but I'm of married course. to that young lady who's yeah, my yeah. girlfriend. Um, but yeah, you know, as, as long as we've achieved what we need to achieve mm. like and you know I'm, I'm ready you'll be I, happy yeah I'll be happy because it's I, I want to make sure I, I bring children into the world and give them the best start and the best environment mm-hmm. but I also want to make sure that anyone that I engage with feels special feels like they can be mm. um, absolutely anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah just you know not everyone's going to like you for what you do mm-hmm. but I would I would like people to respect what I do Definitely. I just know that I did it with a clean heart and I'm not trying to get on anyone's nerves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, something, something along those lines. And as, as you're talking now, um, I just feel like you've got this calmness about you. Like, you're, you know who you are. You know what path you're going on. Um, <clears throat> like, you just know what your purpose is in life. So mm-hmm. I, can, I gauge that because I'm, I'm big on like intuition and gut. And even the first time I met you, sometimes when you're at networking events, you just feel like everyone's posturing. It's like, ah, oh, if you're not somebody, I don't really have that much time to speak to you. Whereas mm-hmm. when I came up to you, you were like the nicest person. Obviously, you must have gotten so much attention since the film came out. But mm-hmm. I just feel like you, you're the sort of person who will give time to everyone and understand them and actually listen to what yeah. they to what they have to say. So I just want to say thank you. No, thank I you appreciate so much that, that, bro. Yeah. That, and you know what? I, that's, that's what I'd love to be known for yeah. is because um, I don't do this for fame I know that mm. the roads and the the, the, the kind of pathways I'm going to go on yes. will definitely come with fame and fortune and success mm-hmm. and achievement and all that stuff but like that's superficial mm-hmm. it's if I like there's a, there's a there's a verse in the Bible that came to mind just now and you know, I'm not going to say I'm the biggest Bible reader but mm. there's like it's something like what's the point of gaining the whole world and losing your soul Mm. what's the point in having all that success and you're a clown mm. like what's the point and there's a lot of people like that so true there's a lot of people that I see them and I'm just like your soul's empty big man Mm-mm. like you're doing the celebrity thing and mm. that's fine you know if that's how you get by but mm. no like, I, I want to be someone of substance because 100% I've been 
given another chance that many people didn't. Mm. And I can't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I really appreciate that. Cool. Yeah, really appreciate that. Just to finish on, mm-hmm. what's your why? Oh. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something smart. Like, why, <laughs> I was going to say something smart. Like, like, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. So you know why. what? I actually love that. Yeah. I'll tell you why. why because <laughs> I'm so big on... What's that? There's a Will Smith quote which I've sort of started to just live my life by, and I think it goes along the lines of um, being realistic is the most commonly travelled route to mediocrity. Mm. So every with everything I do, even like reaching out to you or reaching out to anyone to get them to do my podcast, mm. and someone tells me, "Oh, you can't get him. Like, he's too busy." I'm like, "Why not?" Mm. So I, I love that as well, actually, because why not? It's a massive yeah, move that I adopted right, yeah, all yeah. of my life. I think it's it's, <clears throat> it's you know, and I, I do definitely live by that. I'll probably give you something a bit more. Mm. Um, easy for the audience to digest. But yeah. I'd say something along the lines of um, just empowering people in general mm. to be the best versions of themselves and just to be as content as possible. Um, and that might sound a little bit cliche, mm-hmm. but I think having been on the other side and especially in school where, you know, I, I always see it when I drive past, I see the, you know, you've got a group of people and I see the person Mm. On just on the outskirts and I always remember that was me mm. the person just trying to get liked and mm. that's not really living their true potential of being their full self and so it's just helping those people to find who they are and then anyone that's on the other side that might be in the group to realise that actually you know there's other people and there's other there's more things to life than just being the popular person so Definitely. I think it's it's multifaceted what I wanted to do what I want to do and I, I just want to keep learning mm. you know there's there's so many secrets that that I believe will be placed on my heart by my by my creator. And so I'm just trying to be obedient, just trying to plug in, mm. just trying to hear that so that, um, you know, when I die, I can hear those famous words, which is, you know, well, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, mate. You've done well. You've done, okay. used the time well. Um, you know, you've been on this earth and you've done something. Now mm. here's the next mission. That's mm. what I'm here to do. So, yeah, that's probably why you see me as being calm because I'm just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what it is, man. I'm yeah. here for a period of time. I've got to use my time wisely. So, bro, listen, shoot your shot. Definitely, man. Definitely. Shoot your shot. Did you see that clip of me with Jamie Foxx and that? I did. Yeah, yes, so shoot, shoot your shot, bro. Yeah. Because, and the reason I, I sent it I was. talk about that on this. No, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Like, yeah. The reason I even, like, even mentioned that is because, again, not, not boasting, but I just haven't been on like the side of just you're grinding and you want to make something bro if you don't shoot your shot mm-hmm. the answer is always going to be no mm-hmm. if you hadn't asked that question you would never have the content of my jammer who's now probably one of the biggest hosts in our in our, in our nation, culture right now yeah, in exactly. our culture so you know bro, like, bro definitely man shoot your shot, how, bro. how was it uh, still recording by the way actually cool, how, how was it with um, <laughs> he's not even here how was it with um, meeting Jamie Foxx and, and Michael B. Jordan actually um, and where, where did that happen uh, the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, uh, it was for their um, their Just Mercy kind of promo tour mm. of their new film, and um, my mentor um, and uncle figure is Lord Mike Hastings. Okay, um, who is just like he's such a legend. Like, just really loves on young black men in particular, just helping them to reach their potential and and yeah. just using this platform to do that. So he just brought together like maybe thirty of us in in the Houses of Parliament in the House of Lords. Sorry just for a private kind of session with them. Um, and there wasn't really time to answer any questions. Mm. Um, but 
I knew there was going to be at least one time to ask yeah, questions. Yeah. So I just planned it. I just said in my head, if you get a moment to ask them a question, what would you ask them? Mm. And I, yeah, I just literally, I saw it. I read the room and I saw the lady that was on their team saying, all right, you've got, you've got one, question, <laughs> one more, one yeah, more point yeah. and then open up to the room. I saw it at the corner of my eye because I was sitting at the back. Mm. And then he said, okay, Michael, you know, um, Michael B. Jordan. He was yeah. like, ah, oh, you know, so yeah, you know, you're quite young. Or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm only thirty, guys. Like, you know, I'm thirty-two now." Yeah. And he's like, "Like, mandem, like, what do you want to know?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he kept saying, "It was like, yeah, like, if you got a question, just ask me. Like, you know, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be a superstar, or whatever. I'm, I'm here. Like, I could be one of you, man." And everyone kind of hesitated, yeah, thinking yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "Is he asking us a question?" Yeah, yeah. And then everyone probably started to think, "What am I gonna ask?" When you do, as soon as he said, it, "Like, ask me a question," I just said, "All right." Straight away. Threw my hand up. And then I think it kind of threw everyone off. And it yeah. was like, right, and he was like, all right, you. And then that's when obviously I stood up. It was a full on speech, bro. It was yeah, fine, bro. <laughs> but it was all 40 seconds. I, I actually looked at it and uh, I was watching the video. I was like, right, I, I literally said all of that in a minute. That was the elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. And I think he's just being prepared for that moment. It was, and then to get the selfie that I asked for, everyone like initially laughed. Yeah, but yeah. I knew that, and I know, shall I say that when... I do a Hollywood film and it features any one of them or I meet them again and I'm in certain rooms mm, and I'm mm, like, bro, do you remember me? Exactly. No, nah, I don't remember you, bro. There we go. 100%. That, and then because I know people that know Michael and um, and one of the things that that person said is that when you meet him again, he will never forget you. Mm, and mm. so it's just, how do you make an impact on everyone? And he's another human being. Exactly. And so it's just not treating them on some gas thing, which I think some people can do. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to treat them like people that are wise but just knowing that you've got a space in that room, they just haven't heard about you yet. Mm -hmm. and so I love that, by the just, way. Yeah, you, I've got something to add. I just not, you know, they've got more years of experience. They've yeah. focused on this thing longer than I have, mm. but it doesn't mean that I haven't got stories that they're going to want to like kind of get involved in. So it's just being ready for that moment. Have man. you thought about producing more? I'm sure, oh, surely, surely you have though. Bro, cause... I've got films. Yeah, yeah. I've got films. I've got films. Yeah, I've got yeah. short films. I've got um, feature films. I've got, um, I've got, series I'm going to tell my story in a series next mm. um, not next next but one of my projects definitely um, because yeah like I've seen the power of media I've seen the power of film I've seen the power of um, like def definitely as they call it visual storytelling mm. and I just want to use it because mm -hmm. you know to be able to tell my story and reach that many people mm. there's how many other stories that are even more impactful than mine that someone like myself with um, the eye that I've got for detail and 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 for, you know, giving people's story the real justice. Mm -hmm. Why why not? Yeah, definitely, exactly. And I, I almost look at Aviard as like their sort of headline. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your your youth work. You've got Aviard films. You've mm -hmm. got Aviard. Aviard was like always the, the Aviard group from when exactly. I was younger. And um, it was always the Aviard group because you know property. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, films, youth work, uh, mm -hmm. music. Like this year, we're going to do a massive talent showcase. Mm -hmm. Like again, that's why when I say like it can never be an hour because it's yeah. just it never it can never <laughs> be half an hour because really if you want like if we're gonna talk mm -hmm. like I'll give it to you because mm -hmm. it it's all I do is try and pass on bits of wisdom mm -hmm. um, that will help someone in their journey. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man. One question that's come to mind as you're talking now because I'm just thinking like, everything you said I'm I keep on applying to like myself and for for someone who I would say hasn't quite fully fleshed out my full-on purpose mm. and I haven't necessarily had a massive inflection point like you have, what advice would you give to someone to really seek it out and 
you know, do something they really love. Don't get me wrong, I love conversations like this. I'm, I'm a curious person. I want to do podcasts. I want to do documentaries. But as far as getting real specific and knowing it's the right path to go on, how would you advise someone to do that? Um, I guess the thing that comes to mind as you're talking is two things. Number one, what makes you happy? Okay. That's a very key question. What makes you happy? If property makes you happy, mm-hmm. then be the best estate agent in the world mm-hmm. or the best, um, you know, uh, anything that you're doing in property, the mm-hmm. best developer. Um, if having conversations makes you happy, then do that. Mm-hmm. We, I think as um, human people, yeah, humans, we try and say, oh, you've got to be a master at this thing or jack or trade, master at none. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, I think. Personally, what, what's your view on that question? Sorry, to what's your view on that question? Because I'm always on, on, you mean on a master on of one mm-hmm. or jack of all trades. I would say jack of all trades. Okay, because I think we are like hands are made for working, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and everything has got a function. And you know, if I just said oh, I'm an estate agent and that's all I could ever be, that's a fixed way of looking at it. Whereas you know, uh, even today, uh, the the session I did earlier was about growth mindset and fixed mindset, and you know that whole idea of not being fixed in your thinking, but having a mind that can kind of develop and think about the bigger picture and mm-hmm. yeah i would just say to you like why can't you be mm-hmm. an estate agent that does conversations that mm. invests in property that does films that why can't you mm. because all of these different things all you need to do is just have teams running them mm-hmm. so it's just about making sure that each of these ideas are money making so mm-hmm. that you can then delegate the task to someone that can focus on it because 100%. that's how big that's how big organized that's how big entrepreneurs operate like mm-hmm. diddy um, none of them just like, do none of them just do one, one thing, thing so true and he, all it is is that they are the visionary mm. they're the one that has the idea that are creative and then they say alright cool I'm going to set up a department for that mm. I'm going to set up a movement for that and then they just sh- drop in and they, they just learn how to master spinning plates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's what I would say I'd say that okay. it's, it's, it's not trying to get too prescribed with anything Got it's you. just trying to trying loads of different things out mm-hmm. obviously not just trying things and failing at them and saying, oh, I give up. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. actually, if it makes you happy and you can see a pathway in it, just pursue it and mm-hmm, see how mm-hmm. far you go. And then if there's room for it, then just maybe give it to someone else to handle the day-to-day. Got you. Um, and keep moving. But I don't see any reason why you can't. We've got 24 hours. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. only, And I think they've worked out, if you live for 70 years, mm-hmm. I think it's like X amount of seconds. How, hold on. Let me yeah. tell you. Let me ask Siri. <laughs> how many seconds? How many years? How many... How many seconds is 77 years? <laughs> that would be 2,429,885,304 seconds. So you've technically got <laughs> 2.4 billion seconds if you're going to live to 77. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've got to make it count. There's a lot, that's, stuff, a lot, right? that's a lot of seconds. That's a lot of seconds, <laughs> but it's not a lot of seconds. Yeah, yeah, When you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get you, I get you. 60 gets used every minute. I get you, I get you, I so get you. So you're, this is eating away. Mm-hmm, How many mm-hmm. seconds in a day? So you got to make it count. I'm not saying don't sleep, but I'm of saying course, try yeah, stuff, yeah. man. That's sometimes what I think though, because I'm, I'll take, like, take a bit of myself now. What I'm doing now, I've got the podcast, I'm mm-hmm. trying to start. I've actually got a property business, which I'm trying to start as well at the moment. Trying to, or we'll start. It's already started actually. There you go. I've got, um, I basically provide data and buying services to first-time buyers and property investors Big. to make them, to help them make a more informed decision. So it's kind of prop tech. I sort of scrape data from a few sources, but that requires a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I love property, but I also love talking to people. And I've always felt, do you just, 
I just feel like if you focus on one thing, yeah, like you'll get so much further as opposed to doing this and a little bit. So I, 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 I would agree with you. Yeah, 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 I would definitely agree. You do get further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then what happens sometimes is you get further in that thing, and then you might look back and say, "Ah, I should have done that." And mm. then, and then if you're not comfortable with your own self esteem to go back and try that other thing, mm-hmm. then it just becomes something that you never ever tried. So that's why sometimes you. our parents are really successful in one field, but then look back and it's like, "Oh, I wish I was this. I wish My I was dad that." Says that all the time. There you go. He, just, he had to do medicine. There you go. And he hates it. So, <laughs> so it's not to say that there's not benefits to it's that true. because obviously he set up a particular lifestyle and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, do what he needs to do. But then to look back and have regrets yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. I never tried it. But it, the, the flip side of that is then being a creative and being an entrepreneur yeah. is not guaranteed. So you've got to have the backbone for it. I get you. You've got to have the backbone. You've got to, you know, what I'm doing now, there's a lot of people that wouldn't want to step in my shoes on a day-to-day basis in mm-hmm. terms of the, 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 the kind of expectation that I put on myself and different engagements that I have so I can go and have a meeting with a council mm-hmm. and it'd be amazing and they're like yeah 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 we love to book you and love to do this mm. I don't hear anything from them mm. and you're just like I've spent two hours chatting to you and you've promised me the world mm. but because of the way that things work you don't hear back and so it's yeah. you know there's loads of different situations like that but I would always say that from my perspective and where I believe I will be successful is because yeah. I've got my hands in quite a few different things of course. that at the right time I will launch at mm-hmm. the right time, I'll focus my energy on and then kind of give it over to someone else to to handle while I then go back to something else and just learn to juggle those plates and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think that's a perfect one to finish on. Thank you so much, man. No problem, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, so pick up the platform as well, man. man. Pick up the platform, bro. I'd love to come on here again, man. Definitely, man. Hopefully you do this again soon. Yeah. That was another episode of Top Chat. Hope you enjoyed the listen. And if you are enjoying listening to this podcast, please like, share, subscribe, and even leave a review if you're feeling extra kind. That'd be amazing. Thanks.